Welcome to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast, powered by StatRoute.com. And now, here's your host, Ryan Skullroot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Skullroot. I am your host, and we have a fun little show for you. We are going to get into the news um, some of the notes that are happening around the NFL. And then we are going to kind of intro um, some draft strategies um, that uh, that uh, you know, there's a lot of them that go around, uh, a lot of them that are considered to be too exotic. Some people just call them stupid. I like to call them exotic because I don't think that there's any wrong way to draft. Well, there are wrong ways to draft. There are better ways to draft, and there are riskier ways to draft. Let's put it that way. There's the, the all depends on the amount of risk you want to put into it. So uh, we'll get into that uh, at the end of the episode. Um, just kind of give some intros into a couple different draft strategies. Excuse me. Um, and then uh, coming up in the next couple weeks, uh, I'll, I'm going to do a series of mock drafts as part of the uh, podcast using these strategies and kind of how, they, how they'll look and what kind of a team you could expect to get from um, these strategies in the process. So, so that's what uh, we're doing today. I uh, wanted to make a couple quick announcements. Number one. The draft guide is still for sale. Uh, you can go to SkullKingFootball.com, uh, click on the store tab. You can get either the PDF version, uh, the PDF that's a one-time download for $10. You can get the web version that is uh, actually, uh, it's $5 more. But with that web version, um, not only do you get, um, the, you get a copy of the PDF, uh, we have actually added articles to... Um, to the uh, web version. So there are some that you can view for free. Uh, there's a couple that we have added. Um, we have a, a one on Tyler Lockett from our wide receiver uh, writer, Wyatt Birkenhoff. Uh, we also have a handcuff strategy article from Aaron Kagan and another one on fantasy trade tips from Daniel Glasser. Those are strictly only in the web version. Again, that's $5 more than the PDF. As part of the web version, you also get a copy of the PDF to be able to take with you. It's got a downloadable. Um, it's got a copy of our uh, cheat sheet with the the rankings that were current as of when we finished the PDF. So, got all that for you. Uh, second quick announcement that I wanted to make. I'm trying to watch the time here a little bit. Um, we uh, we will have our first podcast interview, first guest of the season um, in terms of fantasy football. Um, I am uh, actually doing that podcast as soon as uh, I'm done with this one. Uh, I will be interviewing Chris Harris of Harris Football. He, I believe he's a former ESPN guy um, who decided to start his own uh, fantasy football website and podcast. So I'll be talking to him, kind of discussing what, what got him into fantasy football, um, some of his thoughts on this season, and so forth. So I hope you guys will look forward to downloading that podcast once we get it up. So again, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of the the, the announcements for right now, we've already gone through what we're doing for today, so why don't we go ahead and get into the news and get this podcast, get this show on the road. Today's headlines. 
All right, and in today's headlines, we are going to start out with Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, from what we have seen, it looks like that this there's rumors that this holdout could last for months. At the same time, uh, there have been reports coming out that Jerry Jones is confident that they will get a deal done. Um, I'm to me personally, I am somewhat baffled that he is already holding out. He's in the fourth year of his rookie deal. They have already extended. They have already picked up the the team option for his fifth year, um, because he was what number four overall pick. So, and that fifth year, he's going to get paid like nine point one million dollars, and he's already looking for an extension. I personally don't necessarily understand guys looking for extensions this early. I know it's been done before. It's, you know, uh, you know I've seen, what was it? Uh, uh, even up here in Seattle with uh, Cam, uh, Cam Chancellor and, um, and Marshawn Lynch doing extensions a little bit earlier than, than just the one year, you know, in the, the year before um, their expiring contract. So um, for me right now, I'm not sure what to do with Zeke. I mean, I currently have him right now. I've bumped him down. I'll be bumping him down to my fourth wide receiver. Or, I'm sorry, my fourth running back in terms of uh, uh, where I'm drafting and what, what I'll be doing. So um, that's where I've got him right now. Um, we actually have one of our writers uh, working on an article on what to actually do with Zeke during this holdout. Whether um, if you're drafting before the holdout is over. Um, where you should look at drafting him if you still want to pick him up. What are some of the options um, in the Dallas backfield? And so we, uh, one of our one of our writers is actually working on that article, um, uh, and should have it. Uh, we should have that out in the next week or so. So, um, Melvin Gordon, uh, uh, with his holdout, he has demanded a trade. His uh, representation went into the Los Angeles Chargers office and demanded a trade. And they said, no, you cannot go out and seek trade partners. Um, Melvin Gordon is in the last year of his contract. Um, the thing about both these guys, both Zeke and Melvin Gordon, is that they're facing like $30,000 fines per day that they miss. Um, I know that they can, I know that they're going to be able to get decent, you know, really good contracts. Both these guys are, are very, um, very good, talented running backs. I mean, Zeke is obviously one of the best in the league. And Melvin Gordon the last couple of years has has really shined, especially once they started using him in the run in or in the pass game. I just I know that they want their money and they're trying to look to secure their future. Um I don't know. I just I you're, you're losing a lot of money in the process, and this is a gamble I'm not so sure is actually going to pay out. In terms of Melvin Gordon, it's possible they could find some trade partners. Um, one of the main issues that, you know, one of the, the main targets I've seen people throw out there for him possibly going to would be the uh, Houston Texans. However, they don't even have a GM right now, so I don't even know who would be, who'd be dealing with that, um, that side of things if... if Houston was really interested in doing a um, doing a trade there. So um, just again, things to look out for. We've already covered kind of the Melvin Gordon, um, you know, who's who's the the next man up um, in terms of in terms of him uh, and what to expect there. Uh, you can actually go to again, go to the website and we have an article up. I believe it was from Patrick. Uh, 
Yes, uh, Patrick wrote an article, uh, kind of uh, who to choose from and who's going to where the value is going to come from if Melvin Gordon does sit out for a long time. Um, and so that's you know something to look at. Uh, again, one more thing to to remember about both these guys is if they don't show up to their teams by week, I think it's like week ten, they lose the season and are still under contract for the next year. Their contract just shifts over a year. So eventually something is going to get done with both of these guys. I don't think either one of them will set out the full year. The difference between them and Le'Veon Bell is that Le'Veon Bell just didn't sign his franchise tag, so he wasn't even under contract. So big difference between what happened last year with Zeke or with, with Le'Veon Bell and what's going on this year with Zeke and Melvin. So, All right, moving on away from the holdout stuff. Let's go to more antics. Antonio Brown uh, has been um, is apparently seeing a specialist about a foot issue. It is not believed to be a long term issue, but it's definitely something that uh, is concerning. I know that uh, John Gruden has already uh, made comments to the fact that it's kind of disappointing that he's not out there, um, and they haven't really known why he's not out there. So again, they're they're trying to figure out what's going on with this foot. Um, and we'll, we'll, again, well, it's something to monitor. I'm not adjusting him in my rankings right now, but again, something to watch for. Uh, sticking with the Raiders, uh, Darren Waller, who is a former wide receiver that they've converted to a tight end, has been, um, what, what they call, uh, unguardable in practice. He has been absolutely tearing up practice, tearing up the defense, um, while that's awesome, good news to hear a lot of you know a lot of hype around a tight end that could you know possibly have a good season, especially considering last year Jared Cook was a, was a, a top seven I want to say, depending on your scoring, a top seven tight end. You know that that provides some opportunity for for Waller to have a really good year. At the same time, everyone smoked Oakland's defense last year, so this isn't I mean this isn't really exciting to me yet. So. Um, just uh, something to kind of keep a damper on, just keep watching and see how things turn out. Once we actually get into, um, preseason games that are actually starting to matter and not just watching the hall of fame game, uh, you know, that's when we can start really forming opinions on how, what the connection is going to be like between Waller and Carr and how, um, Waller is going to be, um, in the offense when you've also got Josh Jacobs and, and Antonio Brown and, Tyra Williams. So just kind of seeing how all that works together. Again, just wait and see. But Waller is a guy to watch as a possible sleeper this year. So uh, Josh Gordon has applied for reinstatement. I believe he's on a lifetime ban or something to that effect. Um, interesting right now. Uh, I At this point, I mean, it is so ridiculous how talented Josh Gordon is. Um, and just the amazing ability of his body control for a man his size and his strength and his speed is just, it's almost, almost generational. He just can't seem to get his head right. And for me, while I would love to see Josh Gordon play as a human being, I would rather he get his life figured out with the substance issues and the depression. If he can get his head straight, I am beyond thrilled that he would never play football again. 
and I want to see him play football. I want to see him healthy mentally and be able to play the game. But I would rather he be healthy mentally and never step a foot on the football field again. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Again, would love to see him play. He is a ridiculous talent when he does play um, and when he can keep his head on right. I just I would rather he get his head straight and never play again. So uh, Jameis Winston has been showing some consistency in uh, practices on the offense. Um, a lot of people say that he showed a lot of consistency last year as well when he was throwing interceptions. So uh, just, again, something to kind of watch for. Uh, Jameis Winston is a guy that I somewhat have pegged as a sleeper in terms of the um, the quarterback position is a guy that could possibly, you know, sneak into that, you know, work his way into that top 10 fantasy quarterbacks. Really, it all depends on um, how that offense is used and how effectively he can run that offense in Tampa Bay uh, with with the, the, the guru himself, Bruce Arians, as his head coach. Uh, Matt Breida from the 49ers, um, just an, another thing to watch with all the talent that they have, especially in the running backs. Uh, Matt Breida is being used all over the place, so um, while there haven't been really been any specifics, I'm guessing they're not only using him you know, straight up as a tailback, they're putting him in the slot, um, maybe even spreading him out wide uh, you know, to play wide receiver, and just kind of putting him all over, kind of a Tariq Cohen sort of thing, I guess, would be the way I would guess. Um, just something to watch. I think that Breida could be fantasy relevant, especially, you know, you've got Tevin Coleman and Jarek McKinnon in that backfield. There's a lot of talent there, or, you know, whether you want to, it's not, you know, it's not awesome talent, but there are talented running backs that can be fan productive fantasy contributors. I'm still on the point right now where I think it's too, there's too much to spread out around um, to really, um, to really, put too much stock into this uh, but it's definitely something worth again worth watching in case there are injuries something happens to McKinnon again or you know Tevin Coleman goes down just something to watch uh, Devin Funches has been officially deemed locked in as the number two wide receiver behind T.Y. Hilton in uh, in Indianapolis and it looks like it's most likely going to be Paris Campbell as the slot guy the wide receiver three in that offense Here's the thing with Devin Funches. Devin Funches, uh, even even in college when he was with Michigan, um, I you know one of my friends was a Michigan fan, or is he still is a Michigan fan, and he, uh, he the way that he described Devin Funches is that he had alligator hands. Even coming out of Michigan, um, he just he wasn't great at catching the ball. Uh, you know, we saw a bit of that when he was in Carolina, even though he drafted second or third round or something like that. He's just—he's never been uh, high on my on my fantasy radar, to be completely honest. Now, coming into this kind of an offense, it's, it very well could be very pass-heavy. You've got Andrew Luck, who you know, one of the better quarterbacks in this game. He's definitely a guy to watch. Um, I think that he could provide the value—the sort of value that um, Dante Moncrief provided when he was healthy. Um, you know, lately that's kind of been the same knock on Devin Funches is he can't necessarily stay healthy. But uh, I think that Funches could provide, you know, said that wide receiver three value um, regularly. Um, I want to say at one point, just because of his size, at one point I want to say that um, Dante Moncrief in nine games at one point with 
Andrew Luck, because he was in and out of the lineup, um, had was it in nine games had seven touchdowns, um, and so that's it's just it's it's something to watch for and see how that that connection is going to work out, especially with Eric Ebron still there. Um, they've got uh, Jack Doyle, who's kind of been coming back and back and forth on whether or not he's actually going to be healthy for the season. So again, things to watch for. Uh, Michael Thomas uh, signed a big deal. He is now the highest paid wide receiver. We will see how much longer that lasts, considering that uh, I believe a day or so after Michael Thomas signed that deal, the Falcons announced that they are willing to make Julio Jones the highest paid wide receiver of all time. So we'll see. Uh, Miles Sanders uh, report came out uh, yesterday or day before looking like he is the best running back in Eagles camp and should be the eventual starter by the end of the year or at some point in this season. Um, at this point, just with the way things have been going in fel- or in uh, in Eagles practices, um, some of the reports I've seen, while Sanders is looking very, very good, they are really leaning on and giving a lot of first-team snaps to Jordan Howard. Um, it could be that Howard is kind of the guy that's used more in that um, kind of LeGarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi-type role that they had in 2017. Um, we'll see how that works out. I believe that Miles Sanders is the best running back in that in that running back room. Not to not to slam Jordan Howard, I just think that Miles Sanders is more talented. So um, Jordan Howard, I think, can be very successful. We'll see kind of how that works out. He has, well, the Chicago offensive line was very, very good. I believe the Eagles offensive line is even better. So so that's where we've got with that. So uh, that is it for the news and notes for the, the headlines. I want to get just a little bit into draft strategy, just kind of give a, a brief overview of, of some of these strategies that uh, I will be coming g- going over in the uh, in our kind of following series of podcasts. So um, to start off, um, you know, you hear, you know, zero RB, zero wide receiver, balanced approach, a balanced draft, kind of w- what do all these mean? So uh, for the beginners out there, and even for some of the pros who have, who have you know, kind of set in their ways just give me a chance to explain these and if you guys could all do me a favor don't just turn this off and say that this doesn't work that this type of draft strategy doesn't work it can work it may be more risky than the way that you like to draft some guys like to be risky um you know take it just out of fantasy football look at golf for crying out loud phil mickelson is one of the riskiest golfers in the world he's also one of the best golfers in the world he doesn't always play the safe shot. Does it come back to bite him? Lots. A lot. It's cost him multiple U.S. Opens. Um, you know, he's now the he's the record holder for most second-place finishes in the U.S. Open. So I'm not saying that these are the one of these is going to be the best. I'm just saying these are options that you can use depending on where you are in your draft, what position draft position you have, and how the draft plays out. So... Um, one thing I want to say is you don't necessarily want to go into a draft saying, this is the way I'm going to draft. I've done that. I've done that many times. It does not always pan out. It's panned out lots for me, but not all the time. So let's go over these just a couple minutes. Um, we're going to start with the zero wide receiver. This is typically what you consider the, the old fashioned or standard way to draft. 
Um, the NFL for a long time was very running back centric. Um, in 2000, as early as the latest 2005, you had two, uh, was it, you had multiple teams, um, I want to say 10 to 15 teams with a uh, thousand yard rushers. Um, the, the game has become much more specialized. And in PPR leagues, that's why you have more the more value, especially in PPR, um, more value from the pass catching backs. Um, but in terms of kind of the old way, the old guard, um, I want to say in 2005, the Denver Broncos actually had 2,000 yard rushers that season. So again, that's kind of where we've gone. Now you looked at look at where the NFL is today. In 2018, there were two teams, two teams that threw the ball. Less than they ran the ball. Um, the Seahawks being one, I believe. The no, maybe it was three. Tennessee Titans and the 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 Baltimore Ravens. Those three were kind of right in that threshold. Everyone else threw the ball more. Um, There's a couple of teams that were you know threw the ball 65 percent of the time. So because of that, that is why um, the pass catching running backs have have been coming up in value a little bit. So um, there are more now running backs that are spreading that the their production is being spread out so they're not just running the ball you look at like um, McCaffrey you look at Alvin Kamara those two especially they're not going to run for I mean I think McCaffrey ran for a thousand yards Kamara most likely is not going to run for a thousand yards that's just not the way he's built and it's not the way they use him but he's going to catch a ton of balls and he's going to he uses his abilities to catch the ball or, or to run after the catch to make a lot to, to cause a lot of damage that's what he's going to be used for and there's a lot of running backs that's how they're being used once you get down to a certain point in terms of fantasy production unless you're in a ppr league you're losing a lot of production from the running back position while some of that wide receiver production is going to stretch out a little bit that's the basis for the zero wide receiver approach get those top tier running backs and you can find value later with the with the wide receivers the zero running back approach this is the most controversial there is. I, I'm a fan of this. I don't always use it. I may not use it very much this year. Um, I may still use it in a league or two. But the the zero running back approach is to draft, especially in PPR leagues, those high-value wide receivers who are going to get you just a crap ton of points. And then finding the value, finding the gems um, in, the, in the draft later. Um, Examples of successes in the zero running back strategy. Uh, 2004, Jeremy Hill, who I used to win a championship in 2004. 2000, or 2014. 2015, uh, David Johnson, who was eighth in PPR. Uh, 2016, uh, Jordan Howard, who I want to say was running back number 10 or 11 uh, in PPR and ran for over 1,100, 1,200 yards. In 2017, it was... Um, Alvin Kamara, who went undrafted. A lot of these guys went undrafted. Um, some of these guys I drafted and was even promoting and telling people to draft, to get on your teams. You may have to sit and wait for them, but that's kind of those are the kind of guys that will help boost your team. Um, and they're guys that receive the ball out of the backfield. Jordan Howard didn't, but again, that was kind of a, an anomaly. So that's kind of the basis there is to get those high-value wide receivers who are going to catch the ball a ton and, um, it's a again. It's a much riskier way to go, but it is a way to go. It is a way to to go about it. So, and then you got the balanced approach. You know, a wide receiver, a running back, wide receiver, running back, running back, wide receiver. That one's 
pretty self-explanatory um, and, and can be used in multiple ways, multiple different types of leagues, whether you're in PPR or standard. So those are kind of the draft strategies. So those are the ones that I'm going to be going over in the next uh, few podcasts coming up for the next, cu- next couple weeks. Um, and again, I hope you guys are willing to actually listen and, and kind of understand the reasoning, even if you don't agree. Even if your your whole point is to see how other people are going to draft so that you can not make fun of them, but just know how other people are going to draft so that you can prepare for that in the process. So um, that is all I've got for you guys. Again, uh, I need to get off here in just a minute so that uh, I can get ready for the, the Chris Harris interview. Again, we um, I am doing an interview with Chris Harris of Harris Football. Uh, for an, uh, another episode that will air after this one. So uh, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. We really, really appreciate it, guys. Um, and we hope that you all have a wonderful, wonderful season and a wonderful week. And we will talk to you guys later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.